Thank you so much for joining The Broken Road to Mental Health in Life and in Business. I am your host, Sharon Feckety, the author of The Broken Road to Mental Health in Life and in Business. I hope you will go on Amazon and purchase the book or download it on Audible and listen to the book so you can get some more insight as to why I decided to start this podcast show a few years ago and continue the conversation. You're going to hear from professionals. You're going to hear from people with lived experience, those that struggle with anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation. Uh, You're going to listen to people that have recovered. Uh, You're going to hear resources about how you can navigate through this broken road to mental health and life in a business. And you will certainly be hearing me talk about the importance of having this discussion in business today. That is what I speak about at conferences, and I hope that you will take it seriously. We need to speak more about mental health in the workplace. So thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Please be sure to tell somebody you know that might be struggling to subscribe, to listen, to watch and share it with others. You are not alone on this broken road to mental health. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Broken Road to Mental Health show, or welcome back to the Broken Road to Mental Health show. I am your host, Sharon Feckety, as always under construction. Sometimes there's a road hazard. Sometimes some cranes picking me up and dropping me off in spaces I need to be in. And I'm hoping that you are in a safe space today and are excited to listen or watch a conversation with two gentlemen who have joined me today from Sarasota, Florida, which is not far from where I am. We have um, Joel and Scott, and Joel is the founder of this incredible Lifeline Productions. So welcome to the show. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Thank you. So let's just jump right into it. Tell me about your why. Why are we even why are we even here today? Why did you decide to create this wonderful production company and have these um conversations that are oh so important? Well, that's a great question. We um, you know, Scott is our oldest son. Um and um, has lived his life struggling with mental health challenges. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've watched over the years how difficult that struggle has been, uh, the marginalization of stigmatized uh, reactions over the years, us, you know, ostracized in many times, in many ways. And so um, the, the thing is that Scott... Uh, despite all of his um, issues, he went to college, he went to Ohio University, and he got his degree in performance. Uh, nice. And he's a professionally trained actor. All so right. over a lot of years, um, I've been thinking about it. And then I think maybe what, Scott, about three years ago or so, would you say? Yeah, that's a few years ago. Few years yeah, ago. I, I said to Scott, you know, maybe you ought to think about telling your story on stage mm. because the power of storytelling is very awesome if it's done right. And so the first time I talked to him about it, he was, oh, okay, let me think about that. And, right. and really didn't, we didn't engage at that time, but early last year in January, I brought it up again and I said, well, you know, I remember I brought that up and he goes, yeah, uh, I thought about it. And I'm ready. Mm. So 
I went to work. I started Lifeline Productions um, nonprofit. Um, one of the things that I realized along the way was, I mean, my background is in sales and marketing and brand. I'm pretty good at all that, but I didn't know how to write a play. So uh, I said- Not this, easy, not an easy uh, task. No. So, you know, Scott and I made uh, futile and fatal attempts at uh, trying to write this thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but then, um, so we said, okay, that's not going to work. So we we hired a professional playwright, Jason Cannon. Mm. Uh, we A lot of things have popped into place uh, serendipitously, but I think by fate, purposely, uh, purposely, I really think it was by fate. Um, Jason was leaving Florida Studio Theater, which is a very acclaimed professional theater here in town. He's had a 25-year career. He's an actor, a playwright, a director, mm. author. I mean, he's done it all. Mm -hmm. And um, Scott's done a lot of work here in town with Theater Odyssey, mm -hmm. which is a really cool place. Uh, he's done a lot of work with 10-minute um, play festivals, one-act plays. And the two gentlemen that run that organization, Tom Apospris, who was the founder, and Michael Billy, who was their CEO, well, we decided to approach them. Mm -hmm. Scott and I had a coffee with them. And they didn't know that Scott had mental illness. So he revealed that at a, at a coffee and we told them what we were going to do. And they said, you ought to talk to Jason Cannon. Hmm. So we they got us in touch with Jason. We met with him. And it was an instant bond. Uh, Jason thought he was going to be a script doctor and just, uh, you know, maybe tune up a little stuff that we were writing. But once he saw the hen scratch that we put together, he goes, nah, this isn't going to work. So um, no, he was cool. He, uh, <laughs> he was very intrigued. And he said, OK, I'm in. So we hired, uh, and, and I think I and one one thing to mention, um, I saw a play that really captured my heart. Um, it's a play called Dancing Lessons by a well-known playwright, Mark Saint Germain, and Jason played a character who has um, severe Aspergers and is on the autistic level, um, uh, very smart in other ways, low functioning. I saw that production Jason was in, so I'm only bringing that up as a as a side note, because Jason had the sensitivity factor already. Mm -hmm. And when he met with us, um, he knew this was something. He had an emotional investment in this. And I will say, Dad, I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to interrupt you. But no. um, Jason, we, could, we couldn't have asked for a better individual to capture my truth with elegance and grace. And, um, I'm, you know, and Jason's kind of like a became uh we started out as colleagues but as he got to know me better and in interviewing and ripping me wide open we're he's like a surrogate brother to me now mm -hmm. i think that's so beautiful thank you for sharing that with us and i do believe um as i do this work that there are a lot of serendipity in business or divine intervention or whatever some might might call it but i mean i i you ended up here on the show today because of Dr. Dorian Kramer, who, you know, I met through somebody else, through somebody else. You know, that's always how it's happened. And I think that that's, it's almost like a, like a stamp of that's when it will work. Mm -hmm. When you have the right people that are invested and have an understanding. It's like when I speak about mental health in the workplace, the people that will hire me to do it have a personal understanding 
There's something that has happened within their own lives, whether it be a family member, themselves, father, mother. Um, so they really understand it. So they want these stories to be told. But if you don't have it, that becomes the, the difficult part of it. So can we um, can we talk about what your mental illness is, Scott? Yeah, um, I have several. Um, I well, Asperger's syndrome isn't considered a mental illness. It's it's more of a disorder. It's not a diagnosis. And um, I have <clears throat> I have severe depression and uh, anxiety, uh, bipolar disorder, and Asperger's. Um, and I um, I found out about my diagnosis in increments. I, I didn't know I had bipolar disorder until I was in my early thirties. Um, I found out that I had Asperger's. I knew something was wrong with me. I didn't find, I didn't know I had Asperger's until 25. Mm. So yeah, those are, those are the diagnoses. Mm. And dad, can I call you dad? You may. <laughs> Just kidding. Sorry. As long as, as long as I don't have to support you. <laughs> yeah, I got one of those. I'm actually picking them up in, in a 45 minutes. <laughs> We're going for a walk in the park. So I have one of those, but um, I do, I think it's really beautiful. I just, I, I feel like I have to interject. It's really beautiful that you've decided to, to put this story out into the world and to have wonderful people surrounding you and um, not so beautiful that you had to wait, but me too, you know, I've had the same, um, I mean, I suffered severely from depression, tried to leave this earth many times um, getting sober. I wrote about it in my book. And I think that uh, I didn't know until I wrote my book when I was 25 years sober, I'll, I'll be 30 years sober next year, that um, that I suffered from trauma, you know? So a lot of that that was diagnosed, you know, you have to, write, you have to find the right people. We have mm -hmm. to find the right people. And then how blessed are we that we have love and support around us? Because I think if I didn't have the love and support of my family, I probably wouldn't be talking to you both today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, it just things kind of grew grew from there. So you know, I mean, I'll pick it up from where we talked a minute ago. Um, the process just unfolded beautifully. Um, Scott and Jason worked almost nine months or so. He came over to Scott's condo, just looked around, asked him a lot of questions, mm -hmm. and like Scott said, he just pulled the truth out of him. And the show, which is 70 minutes, um, one act, um, was written in such a beautiful way. And it broke the fourth wall in acting, if you know what that means, where in other words, you're, you're storytelling to the audience. You're not, you're, you're, you're right there with them. And we chose, we chose a lot of things on purpose. One is we wanted a small, intimate theater. We were mm -hmm. here at the Oslo Center at the Cook Theater, had 160 seats. We sold out the entire run. Right. Um, oh, yeah. And we actually brought it back for a few days for people that didn't get a chance to see it. So over 1,300 people saw it. Wow. Um, and I have to tell you, I'll tell you a couple of little stories. Um, uh, I, when I went to raise money for this, because, you know, you can't do something for nothing. Um, don't I know it. Yeah, don't you know it. Um <laughs> I, I uh, being a sales guy, I realized that philanthropy is not sales. So um, it's a whole different animal. And so when I started telling people the story and that which what I wanted to, to do, 
before I could say, you know, I, and by the way, I'd ask people one question that was common to everyone that I met who became a donor. I asked them, I said, you know, do you have someone in your family who has or had a mental illness? Well, all the hands went up. Okay. Is that pervasive? And before I could say one more thing, they started telling me their stories. And then at the end, they said, how can I help? Yeah, and that's because it came from the heart. And yeah. so people started coming out of the woodwork. I raised money, all the money I needed for this show in under 60 days. Beautiful. Yeah. And so, but the whole purpose of this was to get the story out, but it's not a, uh, this is just the beginning. It's not the end. Mm. We, take, we, uh, we finished the run and now we were going to take it on the road. And also we pledged in our nonprofit that I wanted that every year we tell another story. Mm. Okay. So just a little sneak peek for you. Uh, we just signed a life services agreement for our next show and our playwright Jason is hired again. <laughs> and this time it's going to be a woman. Uh, yay. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yay. Uh, solo performance. Um, the only difference here is Scott's show is very unique because not only was he the actor, he was the patient. Mm. In this particular case, we're going to have a woman and her story, but it will be portrayed by a, a very trained actress. Mm. Uh, so it's going to be amazing. It's going to be back up in May, back at the same theater, same weeks, two weeks. And we chose May because it's National Mental Health Awareness Month. Uh, so I did that on purpose as well. So, yeah, but I think I, I will tell you personally as a dad, um, of all the things that I've done in my career, this is the most fulfilling. Um, had nothing to do with money. It just had to do with purpose. Right. And, you know, uh, uh, one of the themes in the show is that Scott says is changing the conversation. We want to be able to, you know, the words we use matter. And so... Um, I cannot begin to tell you if you've looked on the website or if you haven't looked around, I will share with you some stories of what people said. By the way, this show didn't just come up on stage. We had five developmental readings. It went through 10 iterations by Jason because he's a perfectionist. And mm -hmm. during those readings, the purpose of the readings, by the way, was to ask people, how do we make the show better? Mm -hmm. But that didn't happen. People go, I love it just the way it is. <laughs> what they wanted to do is tell us their stories. And they started pouring their hearts out. And people were laughing and crying just at the readings. Forget about the stage performance. And I'll share one story that I think sticks with Scott a lot. Is um, We have one of our donors who remain anonymous. But um, she lost her son to suicide. Um, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago. And uh, we did a reading. And uh, at the end of the reading, she raised her hand and she said, Scott, you are my son. And for all these years, I couldn't figure this out. Why? But tonight you gave me closure. Mm -hmm. Now that validated the reason, the raison d'etre of why we are doing what we're doing. Yeah. And you know what I mean? So I just wanted to share that little story with you. Well, I um, do know. What do you mean? I think yeah, it's know. very important that we share our stories so people feel less alone. But um, <clears throat> I love that you mentioned that because I think that 
the families um the families really struggle and don't know where to go for support and who they can talk to and who they can trust and i i shared a, a, my own story in alabama at a, a conference to 60 executives and as soon as i was done you know, it's, uh, I would assume for you, Scott, when you were done with the show, it's, it takes a lot out of you. When you're reliving your own trauma, your own struggles, it just takes a, a big piece. So I usually get off the stage and I go right to my room. Well, I wasn't reliving it. I was telling it. It's, it's, mm-hmm. that's what Jay said. I'm not, I'm not reliving the horror and the pain that I went through. I'm just, um, he had remind me that the therapy's for the audience, not me. Yeah. I'm a therapist for the night. So I'm not reliving anything. I'm recanting um, things that happened to me. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the the great thing is a lot of people said they came in skeptical, but they loved how humor, it has a yes. beautiful degree of humor with gut punch, you know, your gut punch when you least expect it. So, um, you know, no manic episodes on stage or, or anything like that. I'm just, it's, and Jason also reminded me, it's not just information. I had to make sure that I was communicating. These are not just words. This is life unfolding in front of me and the audience. So I, I loved that. Um, And another thing people had said is they heard some of their truth in my truth. Mm -hmm. So we had a a commonality. We had a, a common, a common bond because if it was just about therapy for me, then it becomes narcissistic and, and self-indulgent and, and it's not, it's selfish, not selfless. Mm-hmm. So I'm just sharing. And the good thing is, and I'm glad I could laugh about it now at the time. It wasn't funny. Right. It was not funny. It was hell. Uh, but I'm glad that I could take my pain and transfer it into something that gives hope. You know, one of the things my dad said is, you know, we have to have a common theme with all these projects. They got to be hopeful. That's not to, you know, I took people through Dante's Inferno, but there was the act of redemption. Um, and that's what we need. Uh, not to be dismissive to people that have, are still struggling and have an unpleasant outcome or whatever, but we need to give hope. We need so many people are are just living in, the, in their own shadow. And one person, uh, Colleen Thayer, who's the executive director of NAMI, lovely woman. She kind of, we had testimonials as people was leaving the theater to get their feedback response. And it was just, it was beyond my comprehension still today of just the love people felt about my story and project. But uh, Colleen phrased it, she goes, Scott is a, is a, an ambassador for mental health. Mm. So I thought that was very lovely. Um, but yeah, um, no reliving, just telling. Right. Right. Well, maybe I didn't choose the right word myself. Well, no, it's okay. It's I know no. what you meant. I know what you meant. I mean, I just told my story, and, and and people have said to me before, you run off your trauma like a grocery list, and it's only because it's when you're talking about it for 29 years. I've yes, I've already processed my own pain and done my own healing. I would wouldn't want to do it on stage or on microphone or anywhere else. But I was going to share that a gentleman had pulled me aside and said my son had died by suicide two weeks ago. And he never thought that he was going to come to this conference and hear a story like this and to give him some peace of mind of, of, of what that struggle was like and how to get to the other side. It is, you've turned, um, 
your pain into purpose and art. And I really think that that is such a, a beautiful thing. So you ran the first show in August. Am I right about that? Oh, we ran the show in May. In May. The, the show was uh, two weeks in May. And then in August, we, we brought it back uh, for four days. Um, we didn't expect to sell out because, you know, it's the summertime. But um, the last day, we were almost all sold out. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I still keep people asking me, can you bring it back one more time? Back yeah. by necessity. Yeah. I want it back. I want to come see the show. Absolutely. Well, I- here's, the, here's the thing. I mean, we, um, we are working now on taking it on the road. There's a few places that, I, that are important to me. Uh, one, well, we have some... We're looking in New York, uh, and we have a donor of ours who uh, I just met with folks in London. I was just there, and there's interest over uh, to bring it across the pond, which, which will be really kind of cool. But the other yeah. place, one of the other places that I really want is college campuses, mm-hmm. because the rate of suicide on college campuses is the highest it's ever been in 25 years. Uh, schools, I mean, I'm I'm watching the statistics, and it's terrible, and kids. Uh, the um, health departments in colleges are flooded with kids and they can't keep up with the demand. And I don't know what that's about. It could be, uh, I'll make my guess. I mean, you know, the pandemic, yes. The dark web uh, technology, gee, uh, student debt, you know, where am I going to be when I grow up? Mm -hmm. Uh, That kind of pressure on students today is probably just off the charts. So I want to be there. Uh, funny you mentioned about um, speaking. I want this to be, uh, I'm looking for, uh, to do this keynote uh, to, uh, as a keynote to conventions because, you know, corporations, the biggest loss of revenue is from mental health stress and, and absenteeism on the job. Yes. And so, uh, and, and that's a fact. And so uh, I have a friend of mine who uh, was a professional speaker for 40 years. Uh, he wants to get me on the speaking circuit. Because, uh, wh- oh, I forgot to mention one thing. Uh, we pro- professionally filmed the show. Uh, oh. it, we, we, have a, um, we had a three-camera shoot over two nights. And so the show is professionally completed. And so we have the opportunity to do it live mm-hmm. on stage. Or we can do it by film. But both instances, when we did this live, so I forgot if you didn't remember this or know it, every show had a talk back at the end of the show. Mm. So people stayed, and we asked them to just open up and start talking. Nice. How did that go? Oh, my God. Tell them how that went, Scott. Oh, boy. Um, Man, words can't describe. Yeah. Um, it went over like gangbusters. I mean, um, mostly everybody stayed. Some people did leave, and just the the immediate urgency of people sharing their pain and and it gave them it. The, I took them through seventy minutes of just non of just straight through. Um, my truth, uh, my confession, and it made them confess. It it gave them, it empowered them to talk about their own um, shortcomings and their own trials and tribulations that they go through. And it 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 it, it gave them 
I, I want to believe from the 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 feedback it it gave I, I feel it gave people peace of mind. It gave them answers, um, and they just and then some people just applauded my bravery and they were just amazed that I had. Uh, I kept hearing the word you know the, the courage and and people got emotional. They even people that didn't have a mental illness. What we had this one guy, retired police captain that came to see the show. And I remember this in the talk back later in the run said, every police officer in the country should see this show because of how first responders respond to somebody who's in crisis. Let's not go, you know, let's not go to Baker acting somebody. Let's see if we can deescalate it. So anyway, I just was so touched by the emotion that was, it hit them. It hit them hard. And, and for, and, and some people had a, a better understanding of mental illness and, and it empowered them of how they can help a loved one who is in, in, in trouble. You know, this is what I'm talking about being people's therapist for the, for the evening. And um, I just, I, and, and then after the talk back, people still had the need to come up to me and thank me for thank me for helping them and how they uh, just was the love that I got was just so, so magical. I mean, it's something like you, you read, you, you see in the movies, it was just, I'm still in awe of just the love that, that we have gotten from people that, uh, that um, saw it. And I, and, and just a, a side note, one in the last developmental reading we had, some of my, um, I was doing a play network uh, <clears throat> at FST, and the 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 main actors in the show came to the developmental reading, and one of the actresses sent me a lovely, lovely email about her own struggles, and and she didn't know if she could act anymore, and and basically where I'm going with this is she, it was inspiring what she she disclosed to me. And she goes, you know, Scott, your story is one in a million and deserves to be shared. It deserves to be told by the masses. So it's just amazing how me sharing my truth got people to let their guard down and express their their vulnerability. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yes. Well, um, I, I will say and for sure, everybody needs to hear your story. Um, but I will also say that for me, being somebody who's sober, Right. So I have a community where every single day I can talk to somebody about what's going on with me and I can listen to other people. That's the beauty of 12 step recovery work. We have a community that gets to do this. What we are missing so desperately in the mental health world is that same type of extended support where we can be together in a space and be vulnerable and not be judged. So I completely, when you were saying it, I was feeling it myself. Um, I almost feel like I, I, we have the greatest gift of, of being able to go to these meetings, right? Every day where nobody judges, but it's needed with mental health as well. in in such a big way, actually the founder of, if you didn't know, Alcoholics Anonymous, Bill Wilson suffered terribly from depression. And I think if he was here today, he would have started something for people that struggled like I did, like you have, um, because there are there are many of us and we need to hear each other's story and support each other and, and offer that picture of hope, which is what you are. You are a picture of hope 
to somebody else. So, um, and definitely the speaking thing for sure. And I already feel like I want to introduce you to some people if you want, but um, it is good. It is a very valuable story to tell, but I will tell you that my, my greatest hurdle today, which you, maybe you won't because you've decided to do it in such a beautiful way to put it into a place. Brilliant. (laughs) Because for me, I pitch mental health in the workplace and then I get a phone call right before I'm about to go on stage and I'm asked if we can take mental health out of my title. And that has been, wow. Yeah. It's now I have said, no, I will refuse. You can do whatever you want with my title, but we're not taking mental health out of it. So it is a very strong conversation that needs to be had everywhere. Veterinarians are the highest rate of suicide, construction workers. Yes, police, first responders, absolutely. But there are, every industry is affected. Everybody is affected. Most people just don't have a safe space to share that. So just like you have created your art, I wrote a book, I put it out there, and then I extended it through doing the show because so many people wanted to continue the conversation. And how do I do that? You know, how do we do that? How do we provide more resources? And I do believe creating this beautiful art and that vulnerability is the key. It is literally the unlock for people to feel safe to share what they've been suppressing for so long. So mm-hmm. I really want to thank you for that. Um, I have all of the show notes and the links that we're going to put out. Um, I'd love for you to come back another time. I'd love any time that you are. I want to see the show. I want to bring a whole tribe of people with me to see the show. I want everybody listening and watching to see the show and support because the only way to normalize the conversation surrounding mental health is to do what we're doing right now. And that is to talk about it. Well, we thank you for the opportunity to sit and chat with you. Um, It's a, it's, how do I say it? It's very um, um, heartwarming to to share and to talk about this because it's not talked about enough. I really bothers me quite a bit. When you just struck a nerve with me uh, when you told me about somebody calling you and say, I want you to take the word mental health out of the title. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the dirty word. I mean, and so, and so, and somebody says that to me, it's like, this is the whole purpose why I wanted to do this in the first place. It's not a dirty word. I mean, you know, mental illness is not a dirty word. It's just not. Unless we make it a dirty Unless word. Unless we make it a dirty word. I mean, it's 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 like, you know, um, Scott says in his show, at the end of the show, I'm not going to give it away, but he, he, he did say, I'm not my diagnosis. That's right. Okay. He meant so, to that. Well, oh, there you go. It's the same thing with you. Okay. And so, yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to share that with you because I, you know, these forums where we're talking about it more, I really truly believe that people want to talk about it. And um, some people have been afraid to talk about it. But when they hear other people's stories, as Scott again says in the show, you're not alone. You, you, you know, you, we are, we're all, you know, connected, all connected in some way. Absolutely. So we really appreciate we really appreciate this time. Um, I'd love to, obviously, when we when you get the podcast completed, I don't know how long that takes, but um, 
I'll uh, share it with you. Don't yeah, we'd like, to, we'd like to put it up on our website. Yes, absolutely. Scott has, Scott has done a pod, several podcasts. Um, Good. With Carrie Seedman here in town. I don't know if you know Carrie, but she's a I've big... been on Carrie's show. Yeah. 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 She hasn't released it yet. And I was I was going to be one of the people I asked you if you knew, because obviously oh. Carrie is like, this is everything to her, too. So, yeah, I've we we get connected to the people that we're supposed to be connected with. Just like you said, this is all serendipitous. It is all divine. It is all uh, meant to happen. Um, I don't doubt that for a second. I, I know that in my soul because it's happened to me consistently. And I'm, I'm glad that it uh, annoyed you that you heard that because it, it bothers me tremendously. Um, I, I think that we need more warriors out there. I don't want to be alone in this. I want other people that are brave and courageous and all the things that you've heard, I've heard to, to come out and, and normalize this conversation because we could hashtag mental health day all day long and hashtag suicide prevention. But if we're not putting any action behind it, then shame on us. So I appreciate you both being here today and we will definitely stay connected. I can't wait for everybody to see more of what you are bringing to the world. Thank you. Thanks.